One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In 4 weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose 1 to 2 pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello everyone. It's Monday. It's Monday and it feel it feels like a Monday. Can you confirm, Steve? Listen, it this might as well be any weekday because I don't know about you, but I worked all weekend morning tonight, so this is just another day. Yep, I feel yeah. Um to highlight the good work you did over the weekend though. I'm going to ask you to play favorites. What was your favorite interview you conducted this weekend? Uh, I got to talk to George Clooney yesterday with uh, Joel Edgerton and got him to I asked some interesting questions to start the interview off and got some stories about and I didn't know I was going to get them but I got a, a really good story about the Coen brothers and uh we also talked about uh Spielberg's Jaws and the making of Jaws because you know his new movie The Boys in the Boat takes place on the water mm-hmm. and so it sort of connects I managed to find a connection and um Anyway, it was it was a good conversation and I'm a huge fan of George Clooney. So, good stuff. Good stuff. I did some Iron Claw interviews yesterday that I'm quite happy with. It was a lovely group, but I'll give uh I'll give my top tier spot to Mora Tierney because I got to do a ladies night with her and been a big fan my entire life. See, one thing I was so happy that I got to tell her, I grew up watching ER nonstop. It's like my first really vivid memory of appointment viewing sharing something with my family and then also feeling utterly devastated and like empty when a show that I loved ended but like in a good way where feeling that way made me recognize like the power and importance of TV in our lives so I've just always really appreciated that show so to include you know like 5 minutes of ER talk in that ladies night episode made me very happy uh I also watched ER and was a huge fan because ER was incredible television especially the first number of years um it's and George Clooney was on speaking of Clooney yeah. but I will say that ER also damaged me because I had to stop watching the series because it started affecting me all the blood and guts like all the real medical stuff and I realized that's not for me like I could never be a doctor and like i can't watch medical shows anymore because i just don't want like it's really what happens to the body and i just want to pretend that that's just not things you know that's not real 
I get that. I get that. Um, clear, clearly, I don't. I don't flinch at very much that I see on screen. So I stuck it through to the end. And, and I will say that show kept the bar pretty damn high for many, many seasons. All right. Our first official topic of today is the weekend box office report. So here is what it is looking like in the top five. The Boy and the Heron had a very big opening weekend with $12.8 million domestically. Then it was The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds at Snakes at number two with $9.4 million. Godzilla minus one with $8.3 million in the three position. Then number four was Trolls Band Together with $6.2 million, followed by Wish at number five with $5.3 million. So... The Boy and the Heron, that's a pretty big deal. It is officially the first original anime production to top the domestic box office. Do you think it deserved all that love, Steve? Yeah, it's not even a question. I mean, <laughs> this is uh, Miyazaki. And I have to say that I'm so impressed with America. And, and I, I'm rarely impressed with America, but, you know, like, obviously I love America, but, like, I'm not trying to be like that. I'm basically saying the fact that Godzilla minus one and a Miyazaki movie being two Japanese films, being the two of the top three films in America is incredible. I don't think it's ever happened before in the history of, you know, Amer North American box office. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. And I, I love it. And both movies are phenomenal. So it's not like people are going out to see bad movies. Yeah. I mean, these are, these are, fantastic films i'm so mad at myself that i still haven't seen godzilla minus one but like you you know how we operate steve we watch the things that we're covering and i wasn't covering it so i missed my screening and now i don't know the praise and the talk is everywhere even my mom the other day she's like have you heard of this godzilla minus one i'm like why is that on your radar but i'm glad that it is yeah perry all, all kidding aside like in in like we both know, like, I, I've missed American, like, the list of movies I've missed is yeah. staggering this year, right? But I will say that you will really regret not seeing Godzilla Minus One if you don't see it in a theater, because it is it is a total movie theater movie. It's, like, it doesn't make sense how great the film is. And you know it's something special when, like, every single review tweet comment online is like i didn't expect to cry at a godzilla movie yeah you know like it, it, i've never it, it's pretty crazy i'm gonna i'm gonna prioritize seeing that next week and especially because our schedule dies down a little bit as we inch closer to uh to the holidays interview wise at least so i feel like i'm gonna use that window to go to a theater I, and actually see it let me say that i've heard some weird stuff and i could be wrong about this that godzilla minus one is like a limited theatrical release and it like i heard that originally it was just like a one-week release and then oh, and i could I be wrong and then it got an additional release because of how well it did i could be very wrong about this but there is a chance that it leaves theaters on thursday I'm like but I, make sure to look that up so that i know the right information and i don't miss it yeah although i would find it ridiculous if that if it's in the top three at the box office and it leaves the theaters. It makes yeah, no sense. I was thinking the same thing. Um, so those, those are the big stories in the box office. Um, it's probably also well worth pointing out that Hunger Games is performing quite well. I think it's a worldwide total right now is at $280 million, which is pretty solid. Um, the other the other interesting bit in the box office that a lot of people are reporting on is that renaissance of film by Beyonce 
had a had a really big bad weekend to drop it's 77 uh percent so obviously everyone's busy comparing it to taylor swift the eras tour which made a crazy amount of money at the box office but this one is slipping so more interesting one on the big screen than the other so that is also doing at the box office and oh the other thing is poor things poor things opened uh limited in select theaters this weekend and it took uh uh, it, it had a really great, uh, $72,000 per theater yep. at nine theaters, which is a, a rock solid total. I believe it's the best per theater average of the fall award season. And as it opens wider, I mean, that number bodes very well for it. So I am hopeful that good select theater release leads to good wider release leads to many Oscar nominations. Sure, that's another movie I still have to see, but I, I'm going to just point out with Hunger Games, I really, really dug Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. I thought it was like really well done um, and uh, super recommended. I can agree with that. I liked that movie quite a bit. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, Steve, here's a topic for you. We're moving on to Rebel Moon. So during a recent interview with, with Steve, Zack Snyder <laughs> was talking a little bit about uh, the graphic violence and explicit content and uh, how it sets the tone for his latest project. So this is the specific quote we're focusing on right now. Uh, Snyder said, yes, it's influenced sort of uh, iconographically in some ways we have space fascists. They have space fascists. That's what the quote says. He's but comparing, I have. He's, he's, comparing, he's comparing Star Wars and Rebel Moon. Yeah, yeah. And then it leads into the PG 13 uh, bit. But I was kind of into that relationship because I like the comment. I think that's one thing that you'll see in the director's cut that is different from the PG 13 version is the irony of a super hard R rated sci fi movie at this scale is cleaner in the R rated version. In the PG 13, Tina version, we push. It's a hard PG-13. We push them to the ragged edge. There you go. That's the quote. <laughs> sure. What do you want me to? So real fast. Tell, tell so, us about your convo with Zach and and what you uh what you take from the PG-13 version being harder than the R. Harder no, no, than clean, whatever these words mean. Yeah. Okay. So. There's a lot to unpack here. Um, I got to speak to Zack Snyder for about 30 minutes. I, we, I literally just posted the full interview on Collider. It's on the top of the website. If you want to read it, it's loaded with information about other his other stuff, Watchmen, 300, you name it. it, it, it he was great uh, to talk with, but with Rebel Moon. So how can I get into this? Okay, so the best way, first, let me start by saying this. Um, I'm allowed to talk about Rebel Moon because I've seen it. And I, um, but I also, I don't know what I'm allowed to say. I'll, I'll say it like this. I personally prefer all of Zack Snyder's director's cuts to his theatrical releases. I am confident I will feel the same way about Rebel Moon, the R-rated version over the PG-13. And I'm getting somewhere with this with the quote. 
So like with Watchmen, the director's cut's better. With uh, uh, Superman vs. Batman, better, uh, the director's cut. Justice League, far superior. I mean, it's night and day. Um, but all of his director's cuts are better. The thing about Rebel Moon is that he has a hard R Rebel Moon coming at some point next year, I would imagine. I think it's next year. And the one that you're going to see in a week or two, whenever it comes out, is PG-13. There is, let me give you an example. There is a scene in Rebel Moon where they go into essentially a cantina. It will remind you of Star Wars, but there's all these interesting characters. It's a bar. In the PG-13 movie, it is a cantina like Star Wars. But I believe in like the R-rated version, it's going to be pretty easy to realize this is a brothel and other things are going on. So um, that's like sort of the difference there, where the PG-13 is um, not giving you the full picture. Um, but I don't know if I just lost my train of thought there. But in terms of the cleaner versus the yeah. R, the R-rated version is ultimately Snyder's, like that's his version. And the PG-13 is like the version for, like that's two hours that is, um, taking the bits and pulling it all together into a two-hour movie. I personally know I'm going to really prefer the R-rated version because that's Zach unhinged, and the PG-13 is Zach restrained. I have a lot of a lot of questions. Not that you're going to have the answers to these, but as you were describing the cantina scene, I don't know how 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 do they how do they do that while filming? How do you? film those two different versions in a way that makes sense financially. And then also the other thing I kept thinking about was I do love me a director's cut. I love having an opportunity just to see a director's full vision for a particular story. But I, I also sometimes feel conflicted that I have to, that I, I have to assess two different versions of a movie so frequently. Like I would, I would just love for a studio to work with Zack Snyder and say, you know what, make the movie you want to make and let's just have that be the version. Listen, this is going to be, I predict that, and this is just, I just really do think that at some point in the future, there's going to be a lot of debate about which version should have been released first, because ultimately there's going to be people like, like not kids, but like younger teens younger kids that are going to be able to watch rebel moon as the pg-13 movie and it, it's totally they can watch it without any problems but for you and me it's clearly the r-rated version that we want to watch because that is the version for me like i'm old i don't want to see the pg-13 version i want to see the blood and guts the sex the the ultra violence um but it's you know like I, it's going to just be interesting but like I said, I just I really prefer Zack Snyder's director's cuts to his theatrical releases. I know I'm going to like Rebel Moon's director's cut more because it's just going to have everything in it that's batshit crazy. And that's what I want. I'm curious. I think in general, I just prefer I just prefer the version of a story that a director and or writer or someone who fills both roles wants to tell. So. I'm curious to see how all that pans out, especially because there's more Rebel Moon on the way. So gauging the response to that is going to be an interesting thing to track. All right. Our final topic of the day is something to pave the way to next weekend at the box office for you. We are going to talk a bit about Wonka, the new Paul King movie. So I have seen it. Steve, you have some insight into the movie as well. I'm going to give a brief review and then I'll I'll, I'll toss it to you to kind of like 
gauge the temperature right now and see how how likely it is that Wonka could be a big performer at the domestic box office. So I will say that Wonka feels very different from the 1971 original. As a kid, I was very drawn to that original movie for a number of reasons, but something that always intrigued me was, you know, the dark through line in that movie. This Wonka is very much not that. It is very like loving and inspiring and silly and it's it is a good cheerful time. So it's, ve it's very, very different. And if you are willing to go into this Wonka movie and accept it for what it is, it's doing a pretty damn good job of what they set out to do there. It, it's like, it's infectiously joyful. Like it's, it was very hard for me to not have a smile on my face while watching that movie. The costumes are stunning. The, the song and dance numbers, you know, so, some of the songs aren't like, top tier songs, but I do have to admit, even the ones I didn't love are very catchy and they're they're definitely earworms at this point. But one of the biggest takeaways for me from this movie, like Timothy Chalamet could do anything. He's so good in that role. Just like, obviously I've seen social media clips. I know he can sing and dance, but he's just perfect in that role. His voice is great. His energy with the rest of the cast, especially the young actor who plays a uh, noodle. I thought their chemistry was phenomenal. It's just, it's, it's a really good time. I, I am not going to say it compares to the 1971 classic, but it is a really good time. And I think it's going to make a lot of people very happy this holiday season. Are you going to see it soon, Steve? Yeah, it's uh, we didn't realize Perry didn't realize I hadn't seen the movie when we agreed to do this topic. And so I can just say that I knew it would be good because Paul King is directing it. And there's no way Paul King is going to make a bad movie in my I mean, he just is too talented of a filmmaker. The real question was um, Timothy Chalamet. You got to give that guy credit, not only because um, this is like a risky role for him. Because this is not one of these things where if it doesn't work, this is a real embarrassment where people are like putting memes online and like ridiculing you and like being mean, you know. And the fact is that everyone is saying how good he is in the role. Um, I know that the movie opened internationally already. I think it did like 40 something million, uh, which is a great start. And I will say that I was like excited to see it, but I wasn't like, oh my God, I need to go rush out and see this. But everybody I know has said how good it is. And now I'm like, oh, I really do want to see this as like soon as I can. And I, I love the fact that it's one of these upbeat, cheerful movies, because honestly, we need that right now. Yeah. Like the world is kind of, you know, it's always effed up, but it feels extra effed up right now. Um, I don't want to open up politics, yeah, but yeah. like, I'm just very happy that there's going to be something that's like, you know, wholesome, family, uh, bright and colorful. Like, I'm absolutely planning on watching it this weekend. And um, again, just shows Paul King. Let him do what he wants. Yeah, it's just, it's lovely. It's a lovely movie. That's how I would describe it. And and uh, I will say, yeah, you're right. The role is a risky one for Chalamet, but I think it also benefits from the fact that, and you know, I can't speak to what was going on in his head, but it feels to me like he took the role with like great intention and enthusiasm. And I feel like I could feel that via his performance. So I thought that worked in his favor. And just because Mike Joyce in the chat is asking, how is Hugh Grant? I mean, 
this is like it, the same thought applies. Like that's that's a bizarre role for someone for someone to take. It's like it demands you get silly and and you know do do some do some wacky stuff, but like he seems to be doing what he wants to and I think that makes the role work and again it comes down to a chemistry thing. I think him and Chalamet have the necessary chemistry and I think the way that the Oompa Loompas are incorporated in the story also makes sense and winds up having a you know a, a solid a solid arc in this movie with a nice payoff. So I will say Hugh Grant, I mean, yeah. <clears throat> the thumbs thumbs up for him, I guess. Um, so that is, uh, those are our thoughts on Wonka and that's, that's it. That's it for Collider Dailies today. Steve, I know you got to run off and do an interview. Is there anything you want to promote before, uh, before we tune out? I'm trying to think about this. Uh, I mean, I've basically given out the tickets to Oppenheimer, which is tomorrow night, but I will say that I'm working on two upcoming events, both of which are radically different and both of which are awesome. And I really can't wait to announce. Good tease, good tease. Um, I will take a moment to say, go watch the Kate Siegel Collider Ladies Night episode. She is always a personal favorite to talk to because I love the way she discusses her craft. But also, if you're as obsessed with the fall of the House of Usher as I am, you are going to want to watch that interview because she basically told me just about everything about Camille's backstory. And it's incredible with how well it lines up with what you feel in the show, even though it's not explicitly said. So it's really great, interesting information. Go check it out right here on this same YouTube channel. With that, have a lovely rest of your Monday. And Maggie and John will see you tomorrow with a brand new edition of Collider Dailies. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.